0: Welcome to Residential Real Estate Podcast, presented by the Residential Real Estate Council. Life is too short to delay pursuing your greater goals and creating a well balanced life. If you never got a chance to plan your twenty eighteen goals or you've already fallen off the wagon for your New Year's resolutions, then come recenter and get yourself back on track. I'm your host, Susan Swartz, with RRC, and today we are talking with Elizabeth Stone about mindset, motivation, habit formation, and some easy tools and tips to get you going strong for this year and beyond. The Residential Real Estate Council, formerly known as the Council of Residential Specialists, is the leading education, membership, and networking organization for residential realtors with more than 32,000 of the top real estate professionals in the United States and overseas as members. It awards the CRS designation to experienced realtors who have completed advanced training and demonstrated outstanding professional achievement in residential real estate. Residential Real Estate Podcast offers interviews with advice from top agents and brokers about timely and relevant real estate topics. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. So, first of all, I want to um, introduce Elizabeth and welcome her here. So, thank you, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me, Susan. And, um, Elizabeth, you have an interesting background. Um, you're co founder of a small team uh, called yep. Home Happy Group in That's Virginia. It. Yep, and uh, you bring a background of science and analytic research skills to real estate. And one of the things that's really exciting is, Elizabeth, congratulations. You were recognized as the 30 Under 30 Honoree in 2017. Yes, I was. Thank you so much. It was a tremendous honor. Yeah, so – one of the things also, too, I want to just um, mention, um, in addition to the podcast today, Elizabeth's also going to present a webinar on Monday, February 12th at 1 p.m. Central Time with the same topic, Resolution, Reset, Goals, Motivation, and Habit Formation, and it's going to be free on our website. Um, so if you listeners, if you're interested in today's topic, you can learn more by registering at CRS.com. So first of all, Elizabeth, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got interested in this topic of mindset and goal setting?
1: Absolutely. So hi, everybody. This is Elizabeth. Uh, I live in northern Virginia in the D.C. suburbs, and I do have a small team, Home Happy Group, that I co-founded with my mother back in 2011. So the The real reason, uh, we're actually not going to talk a lot about my professional credentials today, and Susan is very kind. Uh, I do have a scientific analytic background. Uh, I want to disclaim I'm not a PhD. I don't have a doctorate in anything, um, but I have a huge wealth of scientific knowledge at my disposal. I went to a high school for science and technology, uh, and it's always been a passion of mine. So the personal side of this is really what matters uh going into goals and mindset um the the key to all of this is that for the last five and a half years i've had hodgkin's lymphoma so i am a current cancer patient and i have been for quite a while now it's kind of scary how long Um, it's been a recurrent form of the disease unfortunately it's really almost impossible to get rid of it for good so that means I've had a lot of ups and downs with therapy, different treatments. Uh, luckily, we're living in this golden age of new and developing cancer drugs. Uh, I've been on an um, immunotherapy regimen for about nine months now that has really very few side effects. So these new drugs mean that I'm able to keep working, live a, a sort of normal life. It's, it's much more right now like a, a manageable disease, sort of like uh, almost like I have diabetes except the diabetes is going to flare up and kill me um, very, very randomly. Um, and so that that sort of shocks the system when you're really young. You know, I think a lot of young people think that they're invincible, think that nothing can hurt them. But that's simply not true. Uh, people who have been in serious car accidents, people who have cancers, uh, it it's – it's a huge blow to realize that your life expectancy is not nearly as long as you thought it might be and that really you could be struck down at any time. Um, so, so, of course, having had cancer for five and a half years, uh, you know, your mental state is the most important asset that you can have for tackling any challenge in your life. And that's especially true when you physically don't feel well. The mental headspace has to be positive. You have to keep going. Um, and I've been to the negative, scary, bad mindset. It's, it's not a fun place to be. There are, there are weeks where you're so depressed and you're so exhausted that you, you can't get off the couch. I, I've done that. And that's not the best place for you to try to get healthy again. Um, So having that positive mindset is absolutely crucial. Uh, And for me, that comes down to two main things. The first is having an attitude of gratitude. So four years ago, uh, I was on Instagram, and I saw this trend at the new year that people were posting hashtag gratitude 365, and they would post something every day that they were grateful for, whether that was someone being kind to you, out in a random place like at the mall, whether that was just your toothbrush because you were so tired and the brush teeth was the only thing you had going for you. Uh, so I've been doing that, posting a daily image of gratitude every day for four years. Um, the second most important thing for the mindset has really been focusing on my purpose, on my why. What is it that I want to live for when I don't know how long I'll be alive? Um, I, I'm sort of in this race. With cancer drugs, uh, you know, if my disease starts being more aggressive, if the new drugs that they're putting out can't cope with it, you know, I I don't know who will win, me or the research, or rather my disease or the research. And so having a really powerful why, having a, a strong motivation for what I want to spend my time, however long it is doing, that has been essential. So I, I'm i really interested in goal setting, mindset, finding your purpose, because I think a lot of people go through life not realizing just how close they are to not being here anymore. And until you until you have that realization of your own mortality, I think it's hard for people to remember that they need to be living every single day with a greater purpose, with Uh, a goal to improve with a goal to help other people. And so that's what I'm hopefully here to encourage others to do starting
0: today. Absolutely. Well, you know, you really touch on the point. It, it, It can be a lot of things in life can be a wake up call, but for many of us, we don't get that. So we don't really sit down and, you know, think through the why and really identify those goals. And, um, it sounds like that is extremely important. Um, and so I guess I wanted to ask you, um, how, how, how do you um, get that through to other people, the importance or, and why they need to set, you know, personal goals? I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to wish
1: adversity on anyone. Obviously, I want mostly good things to happen in your life. Um, but everyone's going to go through adversity at some point. You know, you're, you're going to maybe get divorced or have a parent die. Um, uh, life is full of tragedy. And unless you are finding something positive to look to, you know, it's the same thing like what happens when you realize just how vast the universe is and how insignificant you are. You you can get really depressed. Um, so having goals that follow your purpose in life if if you Mm -hmm. can find what your why is then all of your goals will just follow that through because you'll be so passionate and so committed to what your greater purpose is what legacy you want to lead otherwise you know i think a lot of people set goals because they think it's expected of them from society because they maybe had family members who pressured them say that you've always wanted to do something creative, but you had parents who really wanted you to be a doctor, you know, good money, reliable job. If if you're going into that, if you're setting the goal to go to med school only to make your parents happy, then that's not a goal that will ultimately bring you long term fulfillment because it's not part of your larger why, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. And I, I think that's a stage that a lot of people miss out, that they're getting so much influence from pop culture, from media, from what they see on Facebook, and and so they think to themselves, yes, I, I need a goal to buy a new car next year. I need a goal to drop 20 pounds so I can look like that model. Unless you're coming from a place where you've already worked out internally, done that hard work to figure out your why, then you might be chasing down a goal that is pointless and won't ultimately bring you that satisfaction if
0: and when you complete it. Yeah. You know, one of the things I think that's also interesting is that um, you use scientifically based strategies to help you get started, stay accountable, maintain motivation. And that's a little bit different. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about this and why you feel it's effective. So I feel like
1: that's, you know, it sounds really scary and really important and uh, different. It's not actually that different. A lot of what people have done traditionally, uh, that sort of common sense lingo that people use for habit formation, for goal setting, a lot of that turns out to have scientific basis. It's just that we didn't realize it for, for years because we weren't doing the research. So uh, mm-hmm. an example of some common sense that has good scientific backing is using a written to-do list, writing something out by hand. So writing instead of typing can help cement an idea in your memory more so than if you were just doing a routine habit like typing because you are actually activating a different portion of your brain when you physically write out the words, when you take your pen or pencil and move the curves, draw the lines, as opposed to when you're just taking a keyboard, that's a, that's a routine. Your brain doesn't engage as fully. Secondly, with a written to-do list, when you check an item off that list, your brain is going to have a little burst of dopamine go off, dopamine, that neurotransmitter that controls our reward and pleasure centers. So you're getting a chemical reward in your brain for completing a task. It's just like if you got a compliment or if you took a bite of something delicious like a brownie. Those two things combined Science is exacting for something that's so obvious that we write down things we
0: want to do and we check them off when we do them. Wow, that's, that's fascinating. Um, I, I have a question too, I guess, is why do uh, people get off track with their goals or don't even set them to begin with?
1: So, getting off track and not starting, you know, but sometimes they're based in the same root problem and again i'm not a doctor i don't have proof that this is absolutely the most important reason why people get off track uh but personally i think it's because a lot of times we're not willing to get out of our comfort zone Uh, and everyone who's at celebration should recognize some mel robbins talk here Uh, our comfort zone is a set of routines and anticipated behavior that we know is safe we know it's predictable it's the reason we keep going back to the same restaurant or only using the same tried and true lead generation methods because it's really uncomfortable for us to do something radically new. Like big life changes even though they can be very positive like moving or getting married, that's why they're so stressful because we're doing something radically new out of our comfort zone, having to adjust our routine. And our ancient brain chemistry doesn't like when we get out of our comfort zone. Um, and there's a good reason for that that is now gone. Back in the
0: day, if
1: we had left the safety of the sort of normative behavior in our village or in our area, we could have ended up dead a dozen different ways, right? We could have been mauled by mm-hmm. tooth tigers. It was very dangerous and very real for us to deviate from what we knew was safe and predictable. Our brains are trying to prevent us now still from engaging in those untested behaviors because they don't want us to get hurt. And we sort of have to push through that. We need to start the inertia going on setting a new goal and just pushing through. Like where Mel's five second rule comes into play, your brain is going to try to talk you out of anything it considers risky, even if that's just going to a new coffee shop. And so you need to jump on whatever gut feeling you're having for a way you want to improve yourself or else your your brain is going to talk you out of it.
0: Wow, well getting back to real estate, um, in your own team, uh, you're the head technologist finding new apps and programs to improve operations. And I know in your webinar, you're gonna touch a little bit about using tools and apps to track your time and money and well-being. And obviously, uh, that's important if you want to feel like you're moving forward in achieving uh, goals. So can you tell us a little bit about how that works in your own team and some of the uh, tricks that you have found that's been effective? Sure.
1: Um, so the same motto that applies whenever anyone talks about CRMs applies to any and all technology. You should use whatever you're going to actually use. Um, so for some people, you know, uh, that might mean using very little technology. If you're really old school, you might be writing things down. And that's great as long as you're using it. Um, But if you want to get into tech-specific stuff, uh, first of all, you need to make sure that you've got some really solid basics, a great calendar, great email supplier. Uh, I personally use the Google Suite, who who doesn't use Google, um, just because it's an entire connected digital environment that's going to save you time and energy where you don't have to be manually transmitting items Having to do multiple uh, data input into multiple programs—it's all there for you. You can connect it on multiple levels. Um, and then part of using technology is creating real-life behaviors that the technology just aids you in. You're never going to be able to have your tech do absolutely everything for you. It—it it doesn't have your intuition. It doesn't have your brain power to know how different things in your life connect. So you need to instill a behavior that technology helps you with. Like, for example, with goal setting and habit formation especially, you need to be time blocking. You need to be setting out specific times of day that you are going to be exercising, that you are going to be calling your current clients, that you're gonna be spending time with your family. Having a good calendar and using it to time block, thats just taking it to the next level in order to do something very simple but very effective, it takes it takes discipline and it takes utilization. Um, if we want to go into sort of higher level tech, I um, have you know a couple of favorites. Who doesn't? Um, something that is a root of a lot of frustration for people is their money and being able to track and evaluate and prioritize where their hard-earned money is going to go so that they can fuel their dreams and their goals. Um, And I love a budgeting software called You Need a Budget, YNAB. We call it YNAB in the community. And it's a web-based service. Uh, They have an app, of course. Not only does it help you track your money, but more importantly, again, it's taking it to a higher level, is the philosophy and methodology that they are teaching you about how you're going to prioritize and then adjust your savings for individual goals. So, for example, I have a travel category in my budget, and I know that I want to spend that money traveling. It's, it's a big dream of mine. Uh, one of my big goals right now is to see, for example, all 30 major league baseball stadiums. Um, but if I spend a little bit more on groceries, that's okay. You know, I can move some of the money from my travel budget to the grocery category because, you know, I'm rolling with the punches. I'm, I'm reprioritizing. I'm saying, yeah, it's okay. That 20 bucks for going to Seattle, I'll make that up later, but I needed that 20 bucks right now so that I could buy some, some good poultry. Um, That the YNAB, you need a budget is a, a crucial technology that I love. That philosophy has carried over into almost every aspect of my life. Other than that, um, you need, especially when you have a team, excellent methods of communication. Um, And so having a CRM that works for you, if you have multiple team members where everyone can be contributing, adding notes on different transactions, that's a crucial thing. And a a traditional real estate-based CRM may not be the right choice for you. Uh, we found, because we do so much emailing, um, because our business is really relationship-driven, we use something called Contactually, which just simply reminds us, we say, we want to contact this group of people every 14 days. It will scan our emails and say, hey, you need to contact Sally. Sally hasn't heard from you in 14 days. And so that's a a reminder, a trigger for us to go back in and keep that relationship afloat so that we can keep generating new business, close the deals that we currently
0: have, and create some raising fans. Well, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot, and you might also, is that agents can be a little bit intimidated by technology. I'll often hear the statement, oh, I'm old school, or I want to do this old school And it's almost sort of their belief that um, if they use technology that it's not as good as the one-on-one connection, you know, with their clients, et cetera. But I think um, technology has a lot to offer agents. So how do they get started not only to realize the value that technology can do in their own business but how to kind of get over that fear of uh, using it. For sure. Um, so I've had plenty of experience with technophobes. Uh,
1: key example, my mother, my co-founder. <laughs> so when I started working with her in 2011, she didn't use a digital calendar. She did a lot of her paperwork by hand, and she had a BlackBerry, um, which she calls a smartphone, but, you know, it's not really as good as a smartphone. <laughs> Um, so for, for a lot of people who want to work old school, that can work totally. That can, that can be great. Again, it's the system that you use is going to be the most effective. But for, I'd say, the majority of agents, using a, a manual system like that is going to just be incredibly inefficient. It's going to leave you, you know, chewing on the dust of your competitors because being able to harness the power of these tech apps Is going to make you faster, more efficient. It's going to give you more of a personal life because in this day and age, your consumers expect you to have digital response time. I mean, imagine if Amazon said all our deliveries would take two weeks again. There would be mass rebellion in the streets. Your clients want to be able to do things lightning fast and you need to be able to keep up with them. Otherwise, you're going to lose out on those clients who want to work with someone who speaks their language, who uses digital tools. It's a matter of survival. Anyone can learn the basics for tech. I mean, trust me, I've been teaching my mom for years. And remember, it's a good thing for you to get out of your comfort zone. Our brains actually like having a little bit of anxiety in order to grow, in order to get better. Too much anxiety, your brain's going to shut down. It's scared. It's really freaked out. But just making yourself a little bit uncomfortable, trying one new piece of technology for a week or or two weeks, however long it takes you until you start feeling okay, that's going to be the way to ease in. And if you're really scared, it could be good to find a partner like me and my mom. I taught her how to use an iPhone how to use Google Calendar, those basic technologies and exchange, she taught me the real estate business. So if you can find someone to partner with, to exchange skills with, uh, uh, a daughter, a son, a grandchild, that will be really helpful for you where you can be learning in a safe environment and bartering, if you will, to learn some new skills.
0: That's a great, great tip. I love that. Um, my other question for you is that how do you really create routines or incorporate, as you call it, habit formation? Because I feel like a lot of us think, okay, we're going to get started, we're going to do a specific thing incorporated into our daily routine, and then within a few days we kind of slack off and it falls off the radar. So how do you, how do you do that? How do you keep consistent? Keeping consistent is the hardest thing about goals, about habits. It's
1: incredibly difficult, but if you can manage it, habit formation is absolutely the best trick in the book for making progress on whatever your goal is, because when your brain turns an activity from something you have to work at into a habit, like tying your shoes, the first time you did it, it was really hard. Now it's it's second nature. Once you can do something automatically, you're going to be fine, because you don't need to motivate yourself to do it. You just do it naturally. Um, A lot of people have read The Power of Habit, and if you have, you know that habits have three components. There's the cue, there's the routine, which is the actual activity, and the reward. So the cue is a trigger. So I talked about brushing my teeth earlier. I'm going to talk about it again. If you have trouble flossing, like I did for a really long time, you need a cue to tell you it's time to floss. So maybe that's when you're going to brush your teeth anyway every night. Brushing is the cue. The routine is the behavior you want to build, the flossing. And then the reward is something positive that happens after you've completed the routine, after you've performed the habit you want to have. Uh flossing is actually a tricky example because it's hard to, you know, give yourself a nice brownie afterwards. It sort of defeats the purpose. Um
0: yeah.
1: But but you need to trick your brain into something. You need to, you know, flex your muscles in the mirror, sing yourself a little song. Give yourself, uh, you know, a star on your little habit chart, and then at the end of the week, maybe you get yourself a nice glass of wine for every day that you floss. Um, it's really easy to start new habits when your pattern is disrupted. I'm sure everyone's experienced this. You go on vacation, you're away from your normal routine, and all of a sudden, it's really easy to go for a jog every morning. It's incredibly easy to not eat as many desserts at the end of the day. And when you come home, and get into those old routines, your brain will suddenly shut down, whatever that new habit is you're trying to start. Um, So the best method that I've seen for creating a new habit and sticking with it is something called Tiny Habits. It was created by Dr. B.J. Fogg out of Stanford. Um, And his trick is you make the routine portion of the new habit so tiny that it's incredibly easy. It's, It's almost laughable. So flossing again. The first stage is you set your cue to be connected to an anchor habit, a habit you already have, like brushing. And then you do your tiny habit. You floss one tooth. That's it. All you have to do is floss one tooth. It's ridiculously easy. Your your 8-year-old could do it. If you floss one tooth, then you give yourself your reward. You smile, you do your dance, you flex your muscles. And that starts your brain craving that reward at the end of your routine. Your brain wants to anticipate what's going to be happening so that you'll keep doing it. The nice thing about tiny habits, of course, is that usually if you've taken the first step, you'll want to keep going because why not? So if you floss one tooth, you've already got the string of floss out. You're still standing at the sink. You might as well floss a couple more, right? And the same could be applied to doing exercise. For example, he suggests that if you want to start exercising, The tiny habit you do is that you set your gym clothes out in advance. So that way they're just sitting there looking at you. And you can put them on or not, but they're there. They're ready. And once you reward yourself to do the tiny portion of the action, eventually you'll be building up and building up and building up because you know that it's the right time of day, you've already got the basics in motion, and you'll just start feeling that much better about yourself once you're able to complete the full task. So now I floss every night, and that's because I started it as a tiny habit, flossing one tooth.
0: Wow. That's, like, really great information. Elizabeth, it has been so much fun talking with you. And listeners, I hope that you're going to want to learn a little bit more about incorporating some of these simple routines into your daily routine, your daily habits as a Realtor, and Elizabeth is going to talk more on this topic on Monday, February 12th at 1 p.m. Central Time. Her webinar is Resolution Reset, Goals, Motivation, and Habit Formation. And as I said, it's free if you are a Residential Real Estate Council member, and you can register at And if you're not a member, I really encourage you to go to our website, check out the information there. You can still attend this webinar, and we have a lot to offer. And so I think for our listeners, uh, they'll find it very interesting. And one other thing I just want to mention is that with our webinars, you also receive access to the recording on demand so that if you're not able to attend the webinar, Uh, Live you still can listen to it when it is convenient you get a PDF of the slides an audio mp3 file and if you are Present for the live webinar you have the opportunity to ask questions before and during the live webinar So again, thank you everyone and thank you Elizabeth. It's been really fun chatting Thanks so much Susan.
1: I'm looking forward to telling people more tips on Monday
0: great so Please follow us or subscribe to the Residential Real Estate Podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, Thank you and goodbye.